they are still coming after your children. They just won't learn. And we're not going to stop either. Dark Brandon. <laughs> oh, wait till you see this one. And Vivek and 9-11. Some very interesting words. And I'm telling you, this Vivek guy is becoming interestinger and interestinger. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. Happy Friday. We made it. It's Friday. Thank God. God for that. We got all that and a lot more coming up. In fact, we've got two things right off the top of the show that didn't even make our list tonight because we had so much stuff going on and these things just popped. So we'll get to them uh, shortly. Right now, though, let's get to the way we always start this show. That's with our Miko update. Miko is our little baby Shiba Inu. Not so little anymore. Three and a half years old plus, I guess. This is her bedroom eyes shot. Just took this 20 minutes ago, if not less. <laughs> and I called it bedroom eyes because she was doing that. I can't do bedroom eyes. I never have been able to. But anyway, she does a great bedroom eyes, and this is her doing them. She had a great day today, a couple of good walks, met up with a bunch of her friends, got to play a bit, and, uh, and ate almost all of her food, which is, for her, a huge plus <laughs> with our Miko it's always an adventure. Her update is brought to you by BarkBox. Listen, you want to do something special for your dog? Of course you do. He or she deserves the very best. All the best treats, all the best toys, and those are from BarkBox.com. This company, amazing. 100% happiness guarantee. Every month when you sign up, delivered right to your door is a bark box and inside you will find two fabulous toys they are specially designed to give your dog hours of fun two bags of all natural treats and an all natural dog chew that's every month plenty to keep you going all month long and if there's ever anything you're not happy with bark box will make it right you just get a hold of customer service. And if you use our link, BarkBox.com slash Miko, you will get a free month. That's a $35 value. Not a bad deal, huh? You sign up for one month if you want. Just try them out. Or six months, 12 months. And if you do that multi-month subscription, you'll get a free month using our link, BarkBox.com slash Miko. Are you a fan of The Simpsons? Well, if you look at the second link in our show notes under BarkBox, you will find a special limited-time offer of a special edition Simpsons BarkBox, all themed around The Simpsons. You'll love it. Check it out, BarkBox.com. The links are in our show notes tonight, and you can check that out. All right. I have not had this confirmed. I tried, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. Just I'm going to mention it. Dianne Feinstein, the senator who has been in Congress for like a thousand years, she's completely lost her mind. Well, according to reports, she has just given her power of attorney. You know what that is. She's given her power of attorney to her daughter because she is too mentally incapacitated to manage her own affairs. She is still the senior senator from California. Now that is some bullcrap. 
have not had it confirmed, but I've seen it from multiple sources, that Feinstein has given her power of attorney to her daughter because she's not mentally capable. And yet she hasn't resigned as a senator from California. You saw the video, right? Earlier this week, I think it was, or the end of last week, where she's asked to give a vote, and all she has to do is say aye or nay. And her aides are in the background. You can hear them off mic going, just say aye, just say aye. And she starts rambling on with this incoherent speech. And finally, her aides go, just say aye. She goes, aye. She lost it. She's absolutely lost it. And yet, she hasn't resigned. Resign, babe. It's time. All right. And in the good news department, this story just, just broke in the, within the last few hours. World Swimming's governing body has banned trans-identified men from competing with women. Yes! Starting on Monday. So, Leah Thomas, have a nice day. I'm sorry, but it's back to being ranked number 567 or whatever the hell it was in your useless career. So, yeah, he's out of it. You can't do it anymore, pal. The joke's up. The charade is over. The world swimming governing body uh, banning trans-identified men from competing with women. Yes. See what I said? Little bites. Little bites. That's what it's going to take. That's how we're going to get through this war, and we're going to win all the battles. All right. So our main topic tonight... It's it's beyond a head shaker. You know, by the way, Sound of Freedom has made well over 150 million. I think it's headed towards 200 million. It's absolutely fantastic. I did get the chance to see it. Uh, it's not playing here, and it would never play here for reasons I won't get into. But um, <laughs> I did make sure that the price of a ticket was given out so while I had to go through other means to see it, because uh, it was the only way to do that, um, I made sure somebody got some money for it. So there you go, in the right place. Anyway, beyond Sound of Freedom, if that hasn't woken you up yet, take a look at this headline. It's from The Blaze. Professor says little children should be exposed to adult genitalia to prepare them for sharing restrooms with trans individuals. Well, Riley Gaines, the swimmer, has fought back against that bullshit. University of British Columbia professor switched her Twitter account to private after she got a tsunami of blowback for sharing rather disturbing parenting, uh, parenting advice on her social media last month. Users torched journalism professor Dr. Katja Thiem for her response to a video of Riley Gaines. Thiem labeled Gaines a transphobe for advocating for women's rights. Gaines, who previously competed with Leah Thomas, the guy, had been a very vocal critic 
of trans ideology has repeatedly condemned allowing biological men to share restrooms and locker room facilities with biological women. Quoting here, Gaines said, Leah Thomas is not a brave, courageous woman who earned a national title. He is an arrogant cheat who stole a national title from hard-working, deserving women. Yes. In response to a video of a testimony given by Gaines advocating for women's rights, this moron professor tweeted, Hey, want to know one of my all-time excellent parenting ideas? Let little children see penises and vulvas of various ages and sizes in a casual, normalized, totally safe way. Are you freaking kidding me, you moron? The post continues, The world will thank you for it, and so will these children when they grow up. The Toronto Sun and the Daily Mail shared screenshots of this idiot comment, and suddenly the professor's account was switched to private. No surprise there. One Twitter user replied, I should be saying X now, because it's not Twitter, it's X. Anyway, one X user replied, stating the exposing children to adult genitalia is the absolute definition of grooming. <laughs> exactly. The definition of grooming. If this woman has children, she needs to be investigated. She is sick. Frankly, I wouldn't be surprised if she does not have any children. Probably purple hair, 14 nose rings, and has her pronouns listed certainly in her profile, and probably a Ukraine flag, and I would guess wears a mask while she's alone in her car. This woman is sick. They're still coming after your kids. They are not going to stop. They're not going to stop unless we stop them legally, peacefully, not violently. Little bites, remember? Do what you can. This is scary crap. The thinking conservative. Speaking of still coming after your children, take a look at this scary shot. That is a tractor trailer of some kind. And those are 81 migrant hidden in the back of a tractor trailer. Four people have been indicted in a money laundering scheme to fund human smuggling operation. It's from just two days ago. Several defendants previously convicted, previously convicted of human smuggling have been issued a superseding indictment for a money laundering scheme to fund the human smuggling operation in Texas from a federal investigation. The indictment alleges four defendants conspired to create a network of straw men and bank accounts under the guise of payments for construction work. It was actually to transport illegal aliens including a lot of children. 
Southern District of Texas issued a superseding indictment charging 32... Oh, there's a whole list of them here. Ermina Piedra, Oscar Alcibar, Pedro Albrigo, Juan Martinez Rodriguez, all from Texas, with conspiracy to launder money. As alleged in the superseding indictment, the defendants conspired to engage in financial transactions designed to conceal the nature, location, source, ownership, and control of ill-gotten proceeds of illicit human smuggling and the unlawful harboring and transportation of undocumented aliens. Now listen to the numbers. Criminal forfeiture of three properties. The superseding indictment permits this forfeiture. Three properties. The values, $344,515,000 and $2.275 million dollars and money judgments of up to 2.9, almost $3 million. Piedra, a.k.a. Boss Lady, alleged to be the leader of this human smuggling operation. According to the indictment, they used drivers to pick up migrants near the U.S.-Mexico border, which, as you know, is wide open and transport them to the interior of the U.S., often keeping them at stash houses along the way in locations as Laredo and Austin. This is insane. Repurposed water tankers, tractor trailers, covered beds of pickup trucks. These are all the things they've been transporting, including kids in, babies, kids Wooden crates strapped to flatbed trailers. I'm survived. Half these people survived. Not that they would care. Yeah, you know, you lose a few along the way. It costs you doing business. Evil, evil, evil people. I just hope that one day they will stand in judgment and get what they deserve even if they're not getting it here. They're frequently held in confined spaces, very little, if any, ventilation, become overheated, uh, heated, driven at high speeds in these unsafe vehicles. Wow. The whole article there is in our show notes, and I encourage you to read it. It will, it will open your eyes to the kind of crap that is still going on. And our government just closes its eyes. DHS, oh, the border's secure. Everything's fine. Unbelievable. We have some idiots in government. But you know what? We've got some idiots not in government. You remember Al Sharpton? It's a freaking moron. Has he paid his taxes yet? Probably not. I don't know if you heard this one or not, but it is a doozy. <laughs> it's a doozy. 
Take a listen to what this complete moron said about the Trump indictment. One day, our children's children will read American history. And can you imagine our reading that James Madison or Thomas Jefferson tried to overthrow the government so they could stay in power? That's what we're looking at. We're looking at American history. One. <laughs> yes, this moron actually said that. Can <laughs> I can't. Oh, man. James Madison and Thomas Jefferson. Imagine they tried to overthrow a government. Who? This is MSNBC. You should not be surprised. Why does this man get airtime? What a freaking moron. Honest to God. That's in our link to that little short clip there is in our show notes. And I put it there. I was going to play it for you anyway, as I just did. But I put it there because I want you to get that link and share it out on your social media. You've got, you've got to let people know how stupid these people are. Imagine if Thomas Jefferson tried to overthrow a government. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, they just don't make them like Al Sharpton anymore, do they? You see, somebody posted a picture on X of him when he was like 300 pounds in a jumpsuit. I think it was a purple jumpsuit. It looked like a giant plum. It was horrible. All right, stay out of Chicago. Stay out of Chicago. I'm not kidding. You won't believe this story. I'm going to tell you about it coming up in just a bit. Right now, though, let me just tell you a little bit. Take a second. I beg your indulgence here while we tell you about blackout coffee. Are you tired of the same old brown crap, monotonous, liberal brand of coffee? Tastes like junk you've been drinking. Well, got a double bonus for you. Number one, this company, Blackout Coffee, supports this country. Family values, honesty, hard work, responsibility, personal responsibility, and our American values. And yes, by the way, there is a Dan Bongino blend at Blackout Coffee. There's other blends, too. <laughs> Second, this is the most amazing damn good cup of coffee you are ever going to stick in your pie hole because it is fantastic. Unbelievable. Look, I've been a coffee drinker my whole life. Got a cup right here and off we get. Where are we? There we go. In my Jay Sheldon Show mug. And uh, this coffee, seriously, probably the best coffee I think I've ever tasted. And it is amazing. Absolutely delicious, real, bold coffee flavor, which is what we like. Blackout Coffee, 100% committed to conservative values and great coffee. They support our troops, our first responders, from sourcing the beans, roasting process, customer support, shipping. They have an incredible work ethic and dedicated to promoting conservative principles. They accept no compromise on quality and taste. I just, I, seriously, I cannot recommend this enough. You're just going to ask you a favor. Check them out. Try a bag. You know, just try a bag, and I promise you'll be back for more. It's just that good. You'll use the link in our show notes. It is the top link always right down there in our show notes. And uh, check it out. 
Find out more about it. Blackout Coffee that supports America, American values, and uh, it's all about making good coffee and supporting our country and our troops. And at checkout, use our promo code J20, J-A-Y-20 is the promo code at checkout, and you will get 20% off your first order. That is a big deal. 20% off your first order at Blackout Coffee using the promo code J20. Mm, Good, good stuff. Thank you, Blackout Coffee. We are damn proud to have you a part of this show. All right. Well, this is not an American value. This is another head shaker story out of Chicago. Unbelievable. If you live in Chicago, why? Move. Get out. Look at this one. A 14-year-old boy has been charged 14. Charged with robbing 11 people at gunpoint in the span of 45 minutes, according to Chicago police. What were you doing when you were 14? I was riding my bike to meet my friends, hanging out. Don't think I'd had any alcohol by that time in my life. I think my first beer was about 16 or so. 14 years old. The boy is suspected of robbing a 29-year-old man in the 1100 block of West Taylor around 1.50 in the morning. You know what I'm going to ask. Chicago Sun-Times reporting, five minutes later, allegedly stole belongings from a 38-year-old woman and a 45-year-old man a few blocks away. Five minutes later, allegedly robbed a 36-year-old woman and a 24-year-old man in the 700 block. And now look at this grocery list. At gunpoint, this 14-year-old boy robs a 28-year-old woman, 44-year-old man, 41-year-old, 39-year-old, 30-year-old man, and a 31-year-old man. This crime spree ended 45 minutes after it started at 2.35 a.m. 14 freaking years old. In, where else? Chicago. Police took him into custody several hours later after he was identified as one of the several suspects involved in the robberies. The boy faces multiple charges ranging from felony armed robbery to misdemeanor battery, misdemeanor criminal trespass to a vehicle. And as you know, it's Chicago, Democrat-run city. So what will happen to this 14-year-old? Likely absolutely nothing. Nothing. Fight back. Do what you can. Fight back. Okay, hang on, I have to do this right. You ready? I like my coffee dark. Have you seen it? You know, it's been a long, long long-running joke that the left can't maim. And they really can't. Their maims suck. We make good maims. The left, 
Not so much. In fact, not at all. Well, apparently, they can't shoot videos either. Trying to be cute, Biden gets desperate with a, what turned out to be a thoroughly embarrassing Dark Brandon video. And in addition to that, apparently, they are selling the merchandise. How cheesy is that? Hard to imagine how this rotting bag of flesh is going to make it to the heart of the campaign for next year's election. He is uh, hes deteriorating fast, folks. Every time he appears on camera, he just seems more and more... What is the word for when you're not lucid? Unlucid? I don't think so. Anyway, deteriorating fast. Wednesday, he noted how he couldn't even seem to take a walk on the beach then back to his house without being led by Jill, even having difficulty walking. He did an interview this week. He had weird rambling moments again, in addition to a comment about his grandchildren that was just vile, considering how he's treated his four-year-old grandchild, Navy Roberts. CNN's data dude, Harry Enton, explained how their recent poll was not looking good for Biden, particularly on the economy. There are signs Democrats are getting desperate about the situation. Barack Obama reportedly pulled in. He had to warn Biden not to underestimate Trump's strengths. <laughs> anyway, as if all this wasn't desperate enough, on the day of Trump's arraignment, he seemed to be celebrating with a very cringe-worthy Dark Brandon Mame. A cup of Joe... This is actually a post from this idiot. A cup of Joe never tasted better. Grab yours. There's a link where you can buy merchandise. Hang on. Watch. I like my coffee dark. What an idiot. And you see the little mug? You can buy one. Now, not to be too self-promoting, but let me, suggest, let me suggest that instead of that mug, you go to the link in our show notes, you check out our merchandise for the Jay Sheldon Show, and you buy this mug, which is much, much more stylo. It's got our show logo. I don't think it's a little burned out on camera there got our show logo. It's got our secondary logo on the back. This is a nice mug. That is a piece of crap. And he's an idiot. Maybe not good to look like you're celebrating when you're trying to lock up your top political opponent, opponent like the fascist dictator that you are. Uh, otherwise, you know, people might think you were, mm, what, mm, weaponizing the government? Yeah, which is exactly what's happening just adds to the overall sense that he has turned uh, us into a complete banana republic, severely damaged our rule of law. Cup of Joe never tasted any better. Can you imagine, as much of an out-of-touch idiot this man is, how many takes it took for him just simply to take a sip of coffee and deliver the line? 
I'm thinking, what, four, five hundred takes? Unbelievable. And by the way, under Biden, that coffee you put in that cup, yeah, it's probably going to cost you about at least three or four, if not five or six times more than it would have cost you a couple of years ago. So, you happy about that? So seriously, forget the Biden mug. This is the mug you need. The Jay Sheldon Show mug. That, along with, uh, t- you know what? Let's just go right into it and tell- do a little a little ad here we weren't planning on doing. Check it out. That is our T-shirt. Comes in a bunch of really cool colors. There are the tons of colors there. And we got tank tops. I love the black one. That is so cool. I could get me one of those. Uh, teal. There's, again, hundreds of colors there. You've got, there's the mug. There it is. Look at that, baby. Very nice. Our hoodie. Relatively inexpensive priced hoodie, by the way. All these prices, I kept them as low as I possibly could. I'm not making a bunch of profit on this stuff. I just wanted to get my merchandise in your hands. Hoodies are cool. One of my favorite, and this is a little bit pricey. It's 30-something bucks, but it's not that bad, is the baseball jersey. This is really cool. Look at that. Got our sub-logo on the sleeve there, our big logo on the back. Very nice. All right, there you go. So a quick plug for our uh, merchandise at the Jay Sheldon Show. The link is in our show notes if you want to check it out. All right, you know, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. I'm probably mucking up his name. I I gotta tell you, look, I'm a Trump guy. I'm a MAGA Trump guy. I will always be. I will write in the guy's name if he's not on the ballot. I'll vote for him if he's in prison. I don't care. I will be voting for Donald Trump, who should currently be our president if it hadn't been stolen from him. Do I get an indictment for that? And will be our next president. But this guy, running against uh, Trump and all the other contenders for the Republican nomination, he's got my attention. I'm not thinking this would be a bad choice for uh, VP. Seriously. Vivek Ramaswamy says he does not believe the government has told the truth about 9-11. Vivek, I am right there with you, pal. He said Wednesday he is skeptical of the government's description of the terrorist attacks. Asked whether he thought 9-11 was an inside job, he said, I don't believe the government has told us the truth. Again, I'm driven by evidence and data. What I've seen in the last several years is we have to be skeptical of what the government does tell us. I haven't seen evidence to the contrary, but I do believe everything the government told us about it? Absolutely not. Do I believe the 9-11 Commission? Absolutely not. Yeah, 9-11 Commission lied. I'm telling you, look, you know I'm a big, it was an inside job person. I will go to my grave knowing that to be the truth. Argue with me if you want. I don't care. Go ahead. But this Vivek guy, telling you, he is saying all the right things. He really is. I'm liking this guy more and more. And, you know, I was thinking it would never happen, this kind of uniparty, RFK Jr., Trump, you know, combination would be a cool idea. But Vivek as a, as a vice president, Donald, you listening? Uh, yeah, I know you're not listening. 
But by the chance you just happened to hit the wrong button and you'd stumbled on the show? Not a bad idea. Vivek, consider it. All right. Daily Wire story. Woohoo. I'm not giving up on this one either. UFO whistleblower claims he has first hand access to things he can't talk about. <laughs> yeah. David Grush, former U.S. intelligence military officer, claims the government is covering up US, a UFO retrieval program, said he gained first-hand access to information he cannot discuss publicly. He says, we got the bodies, I know where they are, and if you want, I'll show you where they are. What the hell are you waiting for, Congress? Ask him. Why, you don't want? He's offered. The government is hiding crafts of non-human origin and the pilots thereof. There are certain things I have first-hand access to that I can't publicly discuss at this time. However, myself and other colleagues interviewed 40 individuals current and former highly distinguished intelligence military personnel that were specifically on the programs. And those who were willing, I directed to the Intelligence Community Inspector General so the Inspector General is able to interview those people that do have direct, first-hand knowledge. Look, I know that all this stuff is coming out because they're trying to distract you from the Biden story of the Biden crime family and everything that's going on there. It's the same thing like Trump indictments. More news comes out about more stuff. Trader Joe. Trader Joe. Imagine that. Trader Joe and his son have been doing. Pump out another indictment. Dump out another UFO story. I, I know how that works. But look, we're benefiting from it because we're finding out truths that we have needed to know for a long time. And that includes these truths about UFOs or UAPs, whatever they're calling them these days. Yeah, I know the reason because UFOs has a certain stigma attached to it. I'm sorry. I'm an old man and it will be UFOs forever for me. China. Can't do a show without saying something about China. And this one. <clears throat> Whoa. We've talked about Chinese malware, Chinese viruses infecting our computers, infecting computers around military bases with the ability to shut off utilities, power, water, whatever. Well, take a look at this one. This just broke today. Two U.S. Navy sailors have been arrested on espionage charges involving alleged ties to China. China. Yeah. Two Navy sailors arrested on national security-related charges, uh, allegedly sending sensitive military information to the Chinese Communist Party. These individuals stand accused of violating the commitments they made to protect the United States and betraying the public trust to the benefit of the People's Republic of China government. 
according to Assistant Attorney General Matthew Olson from the Justice Department's National Security Division. Wow. Jin Chao Wei, a U.S. Navy sailor, 22 years old, indicted for conspiracy to send national defense information to a Chinese intelligence officer who allegedly communicated with Wei using encrypted messages to provide photos, videos, and documents about the USS Essex and other Navy ships from as far back as February of 2022. Disclosed the location of various Navy ships, defensive weapons, technical, mechanical manuals to the intelligence officers in exchange for thousands of dollars over the course of the conspiracy. When a soldier or sailor chooses cash over country, hands over national defense information, in an ultimate act of betrayal, the United States will aggressively investigate and prosecute. U.S. Attorney Randy Grossman for the Southern District of California. Little by little, same way we're fighting back by taking little bites, China's taking little bites too. I don't think that ain't happening. All right. A couple of uh, good news things before we get on with our book tonight. Three, count them, three country stars are crushing the music business, defying the woke mob and the billboard charts. Read this story. It's in our show notes. This is fantastic. Country music is having a moment, but it's much more significant than it would appear. Three country stars sat atop the Billboard Hot 100 chart in the first days of August. Unbelievable. That marked a first for the heartland-friendly genre, according to the music chart company, which began tallying back in 1958. Wow! Jason Aldean, of course, try that in a small town. Morgan Wallen, last night, and Luke Combs, Fast Car, held the first three spots, beating back pop superstars like Taylor Swift, Miley Cyrus, and The Weeknd. Damn! Now, that's an achievement in and of itself, historically. But each one of those artists ran headfirst into the woke mob, fighting back, trying to get them canceled, and they not only survived it, they thrived. By extension, the public stood behind them, in no small part helping them out, and sent a message with their purses and their wallets you cannot con cancel our country stars without our permission. So back off, Jack. Try that in a small town. Ha! Great, great news. Fantastic news. All right. Uh, one more, and it's actually a Shiba Inu, but it's not Miko. Okay? Hold on. I got to mute this because the sound doesn't matter. This is a Shiba Inu and a cat. 
We always end with something funny. Take a look at the ninja moves on this Shiba baby. Watch this. By the way, Miko does this all the time. This could very well be Miko. Whoa! Round one. <laughs> look at that spin it around. <laughs> this looks exactly... <laughs> This looks exactly like Miko. All the cats in the neighborhood, except two. He, she tries to play with them all the time, and the cats don't understand. I mean, it's the cats. Cats and dogs, you know. But she always, she just wants to play. The cats don't get it. Two cats, one Siamese and one black cat that we call Louis Armstrong. Get it? Up the street here. They have kind of gotten in this kind of a little engagement with Miko. But for the most part, nah. They hiss, stick their claws out, and want absolutely nothing. <laughs> nothing to do with Miko. But when I saw that ninja cat, I said, okay, that's got to be our show closer for that before we go on with our, our book. Are you ready? Yeah, it's time for George Orwell's 1984. We're going to read a little more of this thing. We're getting almost all the way through. We're towards the end. Uh, chapter 21, I think we're on right now. We read a little bit every night to close out the show, and uh, I hope you're enjoying it as much as I am, because this book, wow, amazing. Here we go, George Orwell's 1984. You see that thing facing you? That is the last man. If you are human, that is humanity. Now, put your clothes on again. Winston began to dress himself with slow, stiff movements. Till now, he had not seemed to notice how thin and weak he was. Only one thought stirred in his mind, that he must have been in this place longer than he'd imagined. Then suddenly, as he fixed the miserable rags round himself, a feeling of pity for his ruined body overcame him. Before he knew what he was doing, he'd collapsed onto a small stool that stood beside the bed and burst into tears. He was aware of his ugliness, gracelessness, a bundle of bones and filthy underclothes sitting weeping in the harsh white light. But he couldn't stop himself. O'Brien laid a hand on his shoulder, almost kindly. It will not last forever. You can escape from it whenever you choose. Everything depends on yourself. You did it, sobbed Winston. You reduced me to this state. No, Winston, you reduced yourself to it. And on to chapter 21. He was much better. He was growing fatter, stronger every day, and if it was proper to speak of days. The white light, humming sound, were the same as ever, but the cell was a little more comfortable than the others he'd been in. There was a pillow and a mattress on a plank bed, and a stool to sit on. They'd given him a bath, allowed him to wash himself fairly frequently in a tin basin. They even gave him warm water to wash with. They'd given him a new underclothes and a clean suit of overalls. They dressed his varicose ulcer with soothing ointment. They'd pulled out the remnants of his teeth, gave him a new set of dentures. Weeks or months must have passed, would have been possible now to keep count of the passage of time if he'd 
felt any interest in doing so, since he was being fed at what appeared to be regular intervals. He was getting, he judged, three meals in the twenty-four hours. Sometimes he wondered dimly whether he was getting them by night or by day. The food was surprisingly good, with a meal at every third meal. Meat. Once there was even a packet of cigarettes. He had no matches, but the never-speaking guardian who brought his food would give him a light. The first time he tried to smoke it, it made him sick, but he persevered, spun the packet out for a long time, smoking half a cigarette after every meal. They'd given him a white slate with a stump of pencil tied to the corner. At first he made no use of it. Even when he was awake, he was completely torpid. Once he'd lie from one meal to the next, almost without stirring, sometimes asleep, sometimes waking into vague reveries in which he was much too troubled to open his eyes. He had long grown used to sleeping with a strong light in his face. It seemed to make no difference except that one's dreams were more coherent. He dreamed a great deal all throughout this time. Dreams, and they were always happy dreams. He was in the golden country, or he was sitting among enormous, glorious, sunlit ruins with his mother, with Julia and O'Brien, not doing anything, merely sitting in the sun, talking of peaceful things. Such thoughts as he had when he was awake were mostly about his dreams. He seemed to have lost the power of intellectual effort. Now that the stimulus of pain had been removed, he wasn't bored. He had no desire for conversation or distraction. Merely to be alone, not to be beaten or questioned, to have enough to eat and to be clean all over was completely satisfying. And by degrees, he came to spend less time in sleep, but he still felt no impulse to get off the bed. All he cared for was to lie quiet, feel the strength gathering in his body. He'd finger himself here and there, trying to make sure it was not an illusion that his muscles were growing rounder and his skin tauter. Finally, it was established beyond a doubt that he was growing fatter. His thighs were now defined definitely thicker than his knees. After that, reluctantly at first, he began exercising himself regularly. In a little while, he could walk three kilometers, measured by pacing the cell, and his bowed shoulders were growing straighter. He attempted more elaborate exercises and was astonished and humiliated to find what things he could not do. He could not move out of a walk, could not hold his stool out at arm's length, could not stand on one leg without falling over. He squatted down on his heels and found that with agonizing pain in thighs and calves, he could just lift himself to a standing position. He lay flat on his belly, tried to lift his weight by his hands. It was hopeless. He could not raise himself a centimeter. But after a few more days, a few more mealtimes, even that feat was accomplished. 
A time came when he could do six times remain, uh, running. He began to grow actually proud of his body, to cherish an intermittent belief that his face on his bald scalp, did he remember the seamed, ruined face that looked back at him out of the mirror? His mind grew more active. He sat down on the plank bed, back against the wall and slate on his knees, and set to work deliberately at the task of re-educating himself. He'd capitulated, that was agreed. In reality, he saw now he'd been ready to capitulate long before he'd made the decision. From the moment when he was inside the Ministry of Love, and yes, even during those minutes when he and Julia had stood helpless while the iron voice from the telescreen told them what to do, he had grasped the frivolity, the shallowness of his attempt to set himself up against the power of the party. He knew now that for seven years the thought police had watched him like a beetle under a magnifying glass. There was no physical act, no word spoken aloud that they had not noticed, no train of thought they had not been able to infer. Even the speck of whitish dust on the cover of his diary they had carefully replaced. They'd played soundtracks to him, shown him photographs, some of them photographs of Julia and himself. Yes, even, he could not fight against the party any longer. Besides, the party was in the right. Must be so. How could the immortal collective brain be mistaken? By what external standard would you check its judgments? Sanity was statistical. It was merely a question of learning to think as they thought. Only. The pencil felt thick, awkward in his fingers. He began to write down the thoughts that came into his head. He wrote first in large, clumsy capitals. Freedom is slavery. And then, almost without a pause, he wrote beneath it, Two and two make five. But then there came sort of a check. His mind, as though shying away from something, seemed unable to concentrate. He knew that he knew what came next, but for the moment he couldn't recall it. When he did recall it, it was only by consciously reasoning out what it must be. It did not come of its own accord. He wrote, God is power. He accepted everything. The past was alterable. The past never had been altered. Oceana was at war with East Asia. Oceana had always been at war with East Asia. Jones, Aronson, Rutherford, guilty of the crimes they were charged with. He'd never seen the photograph that disbused, disproved their guilt. It had never existed. He'd invented it. He remembered remembering contrary things, but 
Those were false memories, products of self-deception. How easy it all was. Only surrender and everything else followed. It was like swimming against a current that swept you backwards, however hard you struggled, and then suddenly deciding to turn around and go with the current instead of opposing it. Nothing had changed except your attitude. The predestined thing happened in any case. He hardly knew why he'd never rebelled. Everything was easy, except anything could be true. The so-called laws of nature were nonsense. Laws of gravity, nonsense. If I wished, O'Brien had said, I could float off this floor like a soap bubble. Winston worked it out. If he thinks he floats off the floor, and if I simultaneously think I see him do it, then the thing happens. Suddenly, like a lump of submerged wreckage breaking the surface of the water, the thought burst into his mind. It doesn't really happen. We imagine it. It's a hallucination. He pushed the thought under instantly. The fallacy was obvious. It presupposed that somewhere or other, outside oneself, there was a real world where real things happened. But how could there be such a world? What knowledge have we of anything? save through our own minds. All happenings are in the mind. Whatever happens, all in minds, truly happens. He had no difficulty in disposing of the fallacy. He was in no danger of succumbing to it. He realized, nevertheless, that it ought never to have occurred to him. The mind should develop a blind spot where a dangerous thought presented itself. The process should be automatic, instinctive. Crime stop, they called it, in Newspeak. And that's where we'll end it for tonight. We will pick this up on Monday's show. All right. George Orwell's, wow, 1984. Enjoy your weekend. Spend it with the people you love. And I will see you again on Monday. Thank you very much for popping by. Hit that follow button over there. Helps the show out. It's free for you. It really does help us a lot. We appreciate it. Check out all our great sponsors and our show merch, too. Get yourself some mugs and T-shirts and tank tops and stuff. All right. We'll see you Monday, folks.